our world's Torah, digging for treasures in the Torah, treasures that matter for our lives and for the world. I'm Rabbi Shoshana Lise. I'm here again with Rabbi Charna Rosenholz. This week, we will be exploring Parshat Akev because, and we will explore how to walk in God's ways. Lots more to come. For now, over to Rabbi Charna. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rabbi Shoshana. So one of the things that we are excited about has to do with infrastructure of Torah and her organization. Last week, we studied Vyet Hanan, and we talked about how that it has the internal infrastructure, the core theology that inspires what Judaism is today. There's a kind of sense of the what of how to be a Jew. And we get there through the Ten Commandments and the Shema as kind of our foundation for, for, for what we have to understand in order to walk in God's ways. This week in Akev, deep within the infrastructure is how to achieve that in relationship. Before we delve into that together, I want to remind us that there's a similar pattern back in the book of Exodus. We have the Parsha Yitro, which has the Ten Commandments, the what. This is what you're going to do. And the very next Parsha, Mishpatim, has the 53 social laws that tells you how to do it. We've talked a lot about how embedded within the Torah are the problems and the antidotes of how to face difficulties in our lives, and more importantly, how to enhance our becoming, how to work on ourselves, how to develop our character. This week in ACAP, our specifics of the how after receiving the inspiration last week of what? It's really consuming anything, consuming Facebook, consuming the headlines and, and, and what they do to us, how they shake us up and misdirect us potentially if over-consumed or consumed not for uh, the, the greater good for ourselves and for the world then we get off off balance and we forget exactly. our core Ex sacred purpose in the given moment. Exactly. And so there is this embedded again within the word akev is a sense of this is all embedded there. It's often translated as if or as a consequence of some people look at it in the in the level of reward. I want to suggest that because akev has within it the word root for heal, heal as the bottom of our foot. When you walk forward, when you take a step into the world, you always begin with your heel. So how do you plant your heel so that as you put it down into the world to walk, you are going moving forward with a specific intention? This partial mm. reminds us that there is a consequence to how we place our foot into the world. The more we create intentionality, we come from Kavana, you know, the direction in which we point our heart. The more intentional we are around that, the better we can walk forward. And what the Holy Blessed One says within this text is, yes, you walk 
you walk forward in such a way with clear intention. And now this Parsha is going to tell us what that intentionality can include. Um, let's start with verse two and then take it into verse five, six. V'sacharta et kol ha-derech. Remember the long way that God made you travel in the wilderness these past 40 years. And then it says something very interesting. Lama'an anotecha lenasotecha. Um, in order that you are tested, um, you are humbled, if you will, you're humbled by tests um, in order to learn that which is in your heart. La da'at et asher bilvavcha. There's a way in which often the tests or the hardships of our life our grist for the mill to help us uncover our inner character, what's in our hearts, how we're going to face difficult situations. We have these hardships. We, we might not like them, but, but our hardships help test our character, help press out our character um, so that we discover our inner strengths and what we're capable of. And sometimes it is said, that um, God is here to comfort the afflicted. Yet sometimes it's said God is here to afflict the comforted because our comfort levels sometimes stop us from growing or disallow our greater potential to emerge. Mm, right. It's like, find out what you're made of, you know? And, uh, and in, a, in a sense, I mean, going back to Avraham, he underwent all these tests and had to prove himself to be worthy of being the first of us um, through these levels and layers, and he grew through them. So it's both mm -hmm. a growing process, an expanding process, and a strengthening process. And it's also, wait, I have something in me that I didn't even know I had all along. And it's so it's like accessing, as it says in the text, which I love, um, that which is in your heart like know what you're made of and know yeah. and it goes on from there that a famous phrase man cannot live on bread alone but rather on what emerges from the mouth of Adonai that we consume again from God's mouth what are we eating we're eating bread and we can, we, we can't live on spirit alone either we need pranasa we need livelihood so this parsha goes into the deep work of of living on the earth and enjoying its bounty and building our livelihoods and taking in and then noticing when it's enough, when we're satisfied, what we're really here for, reminding ourselves there's a mitzvah in front of us in any given moment. Right. And I, I want to say something about this hardship because it might be landing with people in a difficult way. That brings us to verse 8-5. V'yadata im just as a parent guides, teaches, supports the character development, the qualities of cultivating ourselves, 
as a good parent should do and, and, the, and the village does with its children, not just our biological parents and children, just in that same way, God shapes us, each of us through the practice of the root here is, is related to Musar, which is a, a whole spiritual discipline we can engage in just through studying the Torah portion of the week and applying its teachings, which is why we do this podcast, that too is Musar practice, right? So God gives us Torah to guide us just as parents guide their children in becoming who we are and who we're meant to be. That's beautiful. So some of the ways that this Parsha Akev brings us towards this Musar development and becoming is first of all, an interesting thing that happens throughout this text, especially in the beginning, is that a variety of sentences go back and forth between uh, plural and singular. And I want us to look at that in the, with the remarkable kind of hidden meaning that is inherent within that. Like in, in verse 8, 1, you know, it goes to, you must be careful to practice so that you will live um, and you will increase so you will take possession of the land. Um, a lot of that is in the plural. Um, yet we also have uh, a lot of commandments that uh, go into the singular. The reason why this is so significant is because in the time in which this was written, when from an integral theory or spiral dynamic sense, we were in a developmental level as a community as a whole, the, the, this map says that humanity went from archaic thinking to magical thinking to mythic thinking to rational thinking, and we're currently expanding into integral thinking. This is true on the individual cognitive psychological level of a human being. Um, you know, babies are very much archaic, and then they go into magical, mythical. We, we have this personal development, but there's also a, um, in the evolution of humans becoming, you could see these stages exist in that way as well. And we will put a link to the spiral dynamic theory, look below and you'll see the link if you want to learn more about it. So at the time this was done, people were very much in mythical thinking and the community was as a whole, it wasn't necessarily individuals unless you had a few exalted evolved people at the top, but as a rule, people were very much in communal mentality. This is what's good for us. Yet the mm. Torah is creating this interface between the individual and the community. I am only as good as a community member as I develop my own personal self. I must do my personal Musar work and then interface it with a communal understanding. It is not an either or that Torah is calling us towards. Right. Yes. And the flip side also which is the communal practice of tshuva. If you think about where we're going towards with Yom Kippur, most, if not all of the vidui is we did it, we did it, we did it. We confess to what we have done in a communal fashion. Again, it's both and and leaning into, for you who are listening, 
are you someone who needs to do a little bit more personal work and, and, and looking at your own impact on the greater whole? Or are you someone who needs to engage in a communal process of returning to this beautiful design of how to be in society, in the land? This is all preparing us to enter, enter the land. That's right. Enter a land that gives you, and it really goes into detail, it gives you an amazing land that has all the water, streams, and springs and fountains, all the water you need, because water is life. Then it talks about the seven species, amazing foods to nourish you. Um, and it even says, and there's all the minerals that you need so that you can build what you need to build. And then in chapter 8, verse 10, it says, Viachalta, Visavata, Uverachta, when you have eaten your fill, give thanks, give blessing to God for this good land. Eat, be satisfied, and bless in reverence to the one who created this all. And we want to focus right now on the word the savata and be satisfied. There's a reason not coveting made it into the top 10, learning not to covet and to be satisfied without giving up ambition. This is an advanced character development capacity. And, and the blessing, the blessing practice, you know, I used to think of it before this day, <laughs> that the chalta, step one, you shall eat, you shall consume consciously, mindfully, right? Eating mindfully. Then you notice that you're satisfied and you say, okay, it's enough. And then you bless. But now I'm realizing, because the Torah, everything's happening at once, is that the blessing practice supports the experience of satisfaction, right? We're supposed to say a hundred blessings a day because then we notice, oh, look at what I have. Look at who I am. Wow, this is good. You know, for those who don't have a blessing practice, what, Turner, what would, what do you suggest, you know, for people who it's not so comfortable to do the Birkat Amazon after the meal, the full Hebrew blessing, how do we bless our meals? How do we what does it mean? Well, I think, to yeah, it's beautiful. I don't think, yes, if you are on a religious path utilizing Hebrew blessing structure, then learn the blessings and know them and say them. If at this particular time in your life, that's not your path, it is simply going into your heart space. And we're going to talk more about the heart in a moment and finding that sense of, all right, it might be difficult out there, but look at that tree. Let, let me think about the roots of that tree. I'm looking at my window right now. Uh, let me think of the roots of that tree, which is going deep into the earth, pulling up nourishment, allowing that trunk to just be vibrant and alive as the leaves are so beautiful and they give me shade. And I know this is so good for the atmosphere. Oh my goodness, a creator that could create all that wisdom and put it, you know, to, to, to offer this possibility of beauty and nourishment and soil enhancement and air purification. Thank you, God. Thank you. It can be like that. Can you look around and just notice what is good and beautiful and nourishing and just say a moment of thanks for that? How will that lift your heart? It's in chapter 7, verse 25. It talks about 
um, the reason why you have to not do idolatry is so that you will not desire the silver and the gold which is on them. And so the Torah reminds us we have to work on our desire nature. What is it that you desire? Hmm. Is what you desire connected to the greatest good or is it a lower level satisfaction? The Torah wants us to raise up our desire so we're desiring the highest good, which really, when it comes down to it, is love and blessing. And soulful connections with one another. That we desire just really quick marketing, you know, every ad is like trying to get you to make the connection between what's being sold and what the feeling is that we all want. And that's like the evil of advertisement. It's like, wait a minute, I can have that inner experience without that product uh, that I have to that's buy. That's right. So one of the calls of Torah, and this is my favorite sentence in the whole Torah, and this actually, we've spoken of this before, this sentence constitutes my most consistent daily spiritual practice. So it's 10, chapter 10, verse 16. Umal You're about to hear what Reb Charna does before she, I hope you don't mind me sharing, before she gets out of bed in the morning, she won't get out of bed until dot, dot, dot. Until umal tem et, uh, et orlat levavachem va'arfachem lo takshu and cut the foreskin or thickening around your hearts. And by the way, this is in the plural. And you all shall cut away, circumcise this foreskin of your hearts, um, and your necks will no longer stiffen. You know, it's interesting that it is paired, the sense that there's a thickening around the heart. Now, obviously, this is not a surgical circumcision. This is a discernment piece, taking this sort of discernment and cutting away the things which defend your heart and shelter you from your own vulnerability. Being vulnerable in the world is difficult. We all have looked at B'nai Brown and what she talks about how important vulnerability is. We create defenses for a reason. And of course, we need defenses in the right situation. We have to ensure that our defenses do not adhere to our hearts to the point of we can no longer have choice of when to let them go and when to put them in place. I can. If I soften my heart and look at those defenses and let them go and feel love flood through my body and remember, I am interconnected with all beings. It is one religion that is connected to what William Blake calls the poetic genius that is the spiritual inheritance of all of Adam, all earthlings. If I want to get to my own poetic genius, I have to soften my heart and through love and opening in that way and uncovering that wisdom, I can then be truly present with the other because it's then paired with the neck. And the neck is kind of that bottleneck place between the head and the heart. If the neck is stiff, I can't turn it. And if I can't turn it, I can't see anybody else's perspective. And then I'm Pharaoh who has the same letters as Oref, the neck. So Pharaoh is the one who oppresses others. Um, so instead of being a Pharaoh, circumcise your heart, soften, open, 
right? As opposed to hardening of the heart. That's really beautiful. It's really beautiful you would say that because Pharaoh is also Pei-Ra, the mouth of evil. And mm. so the neck is right. stiff. Things aren't coming out of your mouth that's loving. So by cutting or away- Or coming by- in from the mouth of God, like we were told yes. in a few, a few verses ago. So if we want to take these mitzvot, that these ways of walking in the world that reconnect us to the highest principles, allowing goodness to prevail upon the earth, and we have to be able to freely turn our neck to see a multiplicity of perspectives. Torah is so clear that working on this barrier via blessing, satisfaction, and open-heartedness will truly help us be able to be in right relationship to each other. To, I mean, I think that's what we all want. We all want to be the best we can be, to have satisfaction, and to have love in our lives. As they say on the deathbed, nobody's saying, oh man, I wish, I wish I had gotten that Chanel purse. <laughs> oh my goodness. I wish I had more things right now. What we say at the end is it's my love, my relationships that mean the most. How do we do this? We get into our relationships by not comparing ourselves to each other, not coveting, and, and really opening ourselves up to how do I work on myself and then bring that into community in a way that fosters goodness and love. Another quick uh, hack if you're stuck in a relationship moment where you're only seeing a limited vision of the person in front of you because of some hurt, rejection, resentments, comparing, to, to remember a loving moment and a warm experience that you shared with that person. And I recently learned about this to, so that you can soften your heart and, and see a fuller picture. I love when I, when I work with B mitzvah students, I say, you know, what it means to become a B mitzvah is to live a mitzvah centered life. There's a mitzvah for every moment. And when you're in, and I've been in some hard moments, even recently, what's the next mitzvah? What's the next right thing? to do. Reb Charna, would you lead us in an experiential um, moment based on the text? Thank you. Thank you. So let's all just take a moment, my friends. Take a moment and uh, feel your feet really connected to the earth. And just allow your spine to lengthen as your head drifts away from your pelvis and feel yourself connected to the heavens above. Here you are, you beautiful Adam, you beautiful earthling, here as a channel between heaven and earth, feeling your body, your spine connected in that way. And just breathe in the inspiration of all that is good and breathe out any doubts you have about yourself, that which separates you from the divine source. And breathe in goodness and breathe out any dark thoughts you have right now. Just breathe them out. And now breathe in sparkles into your heart and breathe out resistance to those sparkles. Think of something that just makes you happy and joyful. 
and know that at any time in your life, you have the opportunity to, um, to find this place. It's yours. You can take that foreskin, you can put it on if you need to, but always be sure, my friends, that you can take it off when necessary. And let's remember that the source of life, which we can choose to live close with, is bringing us into a good place. And Eretz Tova. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you.